I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Daily Transcendence Podcast. I'm G.O.D. And I'm Ray. And we're your hosts. Take a journey with us into the realms of some of humanity's most inner thoughts and theories about what lies before us and beyond the other side. Take a step back with us from the day-to-day heavy burdens of this constant evolving life. From awakening the collective, astrology, the spiritual divine, holistic health, shamanism, and quantum theory, to the frequencies and vibrations of our universe, history, religion, numerology, and so much more. We spend countless hours researching to bring you the breakdown of information from some of the greatest minds in these fields and even our own experiences. We're here to challenge your thoughts so that you can reshape your own minds and beliefs into ones that better serve you. We hope you enjoy the discussions about the supernatural and the ancient knowledge that we have become so fond of, and we wish to share with you so that it may also help you on your quest in this human experience we're living. Let the transcendence begin, Godspeed, and share on. Like and subscribe to The Daily Transcendence on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. To show support for the show, we ask you to join us on all social media platforms, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. There you can find more content, updates on new episodes, and more personal interactions from both Gio and I. We want to hear from you all and connect, so message us or email us at thedailytranscendence at gmail.com. As always, we entirely appreciate your support in allowing us to bring you this transmission. I mean, it starts simply with conspiracy itself, right? So, I mean, you have... The JFK conspiracy, you have uh, Roswell, you have so many different things in history where we where it plays out, and the, it seems to seems to be like on the surface when you look at something, it's like oh, uh, what a horrific thing, and this is terrible, and it just happened to happen, and then the narrative that the government gives you is this specific thing, and you're like okay, and then when you and then with all of these different types of conspiracies, they get labeled that because when you start to zoom in with the magnifying glass. Things seem to not make as much sense as they do. Where actually, it it starts. You start thinking that a guy in a cave, you know, how many thousands of miles away, ended up orchestrating one of the most insane and in, in, in incredible attacks on this uh, on the ground of this nation. And then on top of that, you have so many things go on with like NATO and all the failure of uh, of. I mean, I think the the crazy fact was is you have what four planes hijacked three planes hijacked right um yeah. so well four well, with an four yeah so, anyway so and I, I know that there's no planes people out there and i'm i'm just not gonna on youtube i'm not gonna state yeah much the whole of what pentagon I, thing yeah well i think we all know um if we've thought deep about that is why we'd be asking questions on if that was a plane or not so um and i'm sure maybe through this conversation we could reflect on it but now, basically, we had this impossible attack that happened to America on that day where there's so many different things that had to be coordinated. And I emphasize the word coordinated to have it go down the way it did. And then on top of that, on top of not only 
three buildings collapsing and a, a lot of the main narrative not making sense at all because in history, no no buildings have ever fallen like that from fires and from planes hitting them. But you also have other pieces of evidence that just don't add up when it comes to Shanksville and when it comes to what happened to the Pentagon, right? So it's it's fishy off the top just on a physical observation type of level, right? But then when you go deeper into this, you start to see all of the symbolism. It just gets more and more creepy as you look at it where you have the, in, in the, in the Freemasonry, uh, you have the two pillars and you have certain things in the tarot called the tower and the hanged man and specific occult symbols that are very, 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 I guess, popular in the use of occult. And in chaos magic, if you were to go into that, if you would learn occult, you would see that these things are absolutely like almost a neat on a, they're, a need to know. If you're doing tarot, you have to know these certain cards. And if you're, if you're doing certain occult work, you have to know astrology and all of that. So, so when we put the pieces of the puzzle together, they don't fit, not only on the physical uh, view of it, but on more of the mental view of it, on the spiritual view of it, because so many dots start to connect that in fact was an absolute ritual, a ceremonial chaos magic ritual. And we're going to prove that with at least the the right to be this suspicious about it and to assume that this is what happened through the evidence we give through this conversation. So it's from the numerology, from the gematria, from the astrology, from the Freemasonry type of symbolism, the esoteric symbolism. It's You take that magnifying glass and you start to see things you didn't see before. And this is what ends up happening, by the way, when you start to to, to allow yourself to investigate. It's not because you're be- becoming some conspiracy theorist or you're not part of some cult or that you're just a fucking dumbass with no time and that you just, you're just absolutely fucking ignorant and stupid and that you're like, oh, I just want to be against the government and I just, mm-hmm. you know, just want to cause anarchy and chaos. Rebel without a cause. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, yeah. But, but also then if we want to solve this mystery, we have to then go beyond just the physical occurrences, because I think most of us know what doesn't fit right on that day. But do, do a lot of us know what the esoteric implications of that day are and how we could see things on a deeper Mm -hmm. level? Yep, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think, you know, uh, unless you had a specific place you wanted to start with, maybe did you have anything that, um, that you wanted to bring up that we can kind of dissect a little bit now when it comes to, you know, maybe possibly, you know, human intervention or just, just, uh, you know, is, is this some sort of thing that's supernatural type of inter- intervention? I'm not going to call it divine. I call it supernatural. Well, I mean, we could take the main narrative and kind of in a way rip it apart or, or connect it to specific things um, I, me personally, because I love this aspect so much is I love the synchronicities and mm-hmm. the, the symbolism that plays out. And the fact is we can maybe see this as it could be either or. So I would like to present the evidence that it could be either or, or it could even a mixture of both. So I do have a, a, a keynote presentation kind of in place to start with, and we can kind of go from there. Um, and we can kind yeah, of, let's do, let's, yeah, let's do that. 
and this way if there's anything that's left out of if there's anything left out of it and stuff like that i'll show it after for the sake of um you know yeah viewing viewing uh purposes yeah well and i could just warm up the listener sure and, yeah. uh to where we're going with this because in, in, yeah. in all honesty, it's not probably the easiest thing to present without once again, sounding like a conspiracy theorist or, or mm-hmm. a wacko. So let me just get this up real quick. So we'll start with a quote from William Shakespeare and William Shakespeare. Well, supposedly. So he says, all the world's a stage. And all the men and women are merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and one man in his time plays many parts. Now you could take that in many ways, spiritual implications, you know, being pawns and pieces on the chessboard and all of that, but we all have our roles. There's and and I emphasize the fact that we we were players in at least the minds of say a, a fraternity like Freemasonry because they live by the um, their main philosophy is the checkered board. That's why you see the checkered board mm-hmm. in so many places. So we are merely all players. So, and I know I have, you have those people out there going, oh, well, Shakespeare was a Mason. It's like everyone's a Mason at this point, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> so some just notable things that have happened in the past that seem to line up and we could say there's this you know, is this, you said, leave the divine intervention out of it. It's really not. Could it be that certain things just happen in history where they repeat themselves in a cycle? Or could it be that there's this group of people that know these things and they've been around for thousands of years and they're picking these dates on the Gregorian calendar and saying, oh, we'll just pick that date and do this and that and we'll line them up and it's all one big puzzle for everybody else to figure out. Um, my own opinion on that, I mean, it kind of, like I say, I I, I, I I sit in the narrow path where I say, I kind of don't know, but I could see how it could be more of a natural historical, because I know about astrology and I know about cycles. It, it, I could see how things have the tendency to repeat through vibrational dynamics mm-hmm. and through consciousness. But I'll, but to, to think that this ritualistic stuff has been going on that long where they would plan this that long ago and then do it again, I just... Geo, I mean, can you see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, I can't. I that's yeah, I can't get on that wavelength, but and more so is what we know about numbers and and patterns when it comes to all of life, creation, the universe, and everything. I think more so, kind of. There's a lot of the synchronicities. We're gonna try to look at it from that understanding. If we are in a binary type matrix, that you know it's not necessarily random, you know, that there is a simulacrum. Yes. And there's a connect, there's a connection to these things. It's why you may see numbers repeat and stuff and understand it from a frequency state. And that almost, you know, it's that reflection. All right. So is this organic or is this inorganic or is this a Mm co-creation in a sense? All right. So we have Tisha Bav, which I'll, well, I'm going to go into these, but you have the Jewish temple in 587, the destruction of the Jewish temple. Um, the temples technically, but 587 is when the first temple was, I think, technically destroyed, which was also called Solomon's temple. Mm. Uh, you also have the flight 87, which crashed. Um, and it was, I think it's St. D'Amico or something like that. And it was 
right near a place called Ozama, a river called Ozama, O-Z-A-M-A. Um, so yeah, just using the numbers and all that will go a little more, but what are the odds, right? The Flight 87, and then what do we call the guy who is supposedly in charge of it all, right? Uh, so Ozama, Osama, just another weird synchronicity. And then mm. so we move on to Clifford's Tower, which happened in 1190, 1190, opposed to 911. Uh, this attack was a in a it was in Clifford's Tower, and it was in York, England. Mm-hmm. Um, so on 1190, we have an attack on a tower in York, and then we have the Twin Towers, which happens in New York on 9/11. So. Starting at Tisha B'Av, we have an event dated 587 to 586 BC, which was, like I said, the destruction of Solomon's temple. The first temple destroyed by the Babylonians, and the second temple was destroyed by the Romans under the emperor Titus. It was an, uh, an end in an era, actually, in Jewish worship. Uh, World War I was initiated on Tisha B'Av, mm. which also sets the stage for World War II and the murder of six million Jews. So wow. it's it to me, like I said, you, you can immediately probably conjure up a, a, a few specific theories off the top of your head on what you think goes goes on here. Where I think a lot of people lean to more towards the at, that three D aspect of seeing it as a play out of human intention, right? But we're also mm-hmm. talking about almost a thousand years in that. And, and so the planning, I mean, you ever try and plan something out and it just, it could be a week later and the plans just don't go the way they go. For me, the, the, the odds of them arranging a destruction of a temple to bring down the Jews in 587 BC, which actually, sorry, so that's over a thousand years, dummy, that 2000, my God, right? I wasn't even thinking about that. So you have mm. so many years pass and this thing plays out where you have two temples or towers destroyed to end an era in Jewish worship called the Solomon's Temple. And I add that Solomon, S-A-L-O-M-A-N or O-N, is the name of World yeah. Trade Center Building 7. Not 7, yep, the Solomon's Building. The Solomon Brothers Building, right? I think yep. that's what it's called. Yes, yes, yes. So you have the destruction of Solomon's Temple. There are two, tem- there, there are two temples, two towers, and due to religion, which initiates all this chaos and all this war and all of this stuff. Now, anybody out there, could that be arranged? Could that have played out over, I mean, thousands of years and all of that? Like, to me, this is where I sit back and I start to reflect and I go, I just, I think there's more to it. I think things yeah. tend to be a little more, I'm not using the word divine, but supernatural. Metaphysically orchestrated. Yeah. See, the way I kind of see that is like, yeah, no, it's not like, oh, we're choosing this date, this flight number, and all that stuff to do this on this day and whatever, initiate this. But we can kind of look at this as, once again, that memory pattern that there's an, there's an act and it sends a ripple through time and space and creates its own energy. It it kind of replicates this energy throughout time. And this ripple is going outward. Um, And therefore, you know, when, you know, there was an intention behind 
these destroyings of the temples and the attacks and everything. And it ripples out through consciousness. And we could see that it had a lot to do more so on the religious stage. And because of that, and whether it was to destroy a religion or to go, you know, whatever, to implement a new religion, whatever it may be, that's like the conscious intention behind it. So the only thing I could see uh, see is maybe now when we're talking about 9-11 and even, you know, World War One, World War One and two, you know, they're initiated and the things that the events that occurred there when it comes to 9-11, could this be the fact of this is the natural order of the universe that such a frequency has been put out and and a culmination within comp consciousness that was acted out that sends a memory ripple throughout the ether that when go more so to present not present day now but present day then of not uh, of the the day of 911 that it now is maybe that intention was there uh, in some sort of way through human consciousness that allows all of these so say numbers and you know synchronicities to add up and connect like that because it was a it was a an event that occurred it was witnessed it was perceived charged yes. too charged with emotion and exactly intention. so therefore if just the right you know certain you know there's a degree to that which we're going to get into but you know if there was like, hey, we want to do this, whatever it may be. Let's just say, create a one world religion, destroy all these other religions and stuff to let them know that they don't have control over it. You know, yeah, we, there, there can be, you know, vulnerabilities that are intentionally happening to allow such an event to occur. But to pick specific numbered flights for some reason and to certain days and all that stuff. That's the thing we have to be skeptical of and just to understand that it can just be the fact that because it was that initial intention of what is to happen, that that's why we're seeing the universe speak a language back to us and showing us the connections. Yeah, great points. And it did spark my, it re-sparked my thought on, so th this happens, like you said, in the what you're talking about with the ripple effect is so someone set an attention on this day or a bunch of people, that consciousness is, is energetically charged and then it gets thrown into the ether through action and through emotion and all of that. And so with that, the energy was so strong that it tends to leave a memory imprint on the ether and our consciousness and in, even in our DNA. And if our DNA is also playing a part in this where it's like an antenna as well, that we're, we're, if we're sending out these vibrations that haven't been, say, resolved or 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 transcended or or anything you know if they if they if the energy work hasn't been done on these and it's still in our collective unconscious it's tend to play it's it's going to play out and i think the universe has its own bookkeeping system right and the bookkeeping system is going to mm. play out with similar numbers and similar type of scenarios and all that because there's a memory imprint on the waters of the ether and what do we know about water to, to retain memory right so i think this is what we're trying to say here now that we're catching some momentum is so with what happened on 9-11, we could see the story play out and we see all the bad guys and we see the potential elitists and, and the, the domestic terrorism that we have from maybe within inside our own country. 
And that's all, by the way, could be absolutely true. If not, I do vote that that that's the truth, that that's the story being played out. But the cause of it could have been from history itself, leaving a memory imprint. So, and before you can say, well, what do we do about it? Or no, I think it's bullshit. It's like, well, no, it starts with, with, with what we're claiming here with the imprints, the symbolism being played out. We're starting to learn and see what the mechanism is of the universe by what by what plays out and how it plays out and how we could use our imagination to then pick out and see the patterns. So then with that, we could diffuse these patterns, right? We could actually do something about them without repeating history. I mean, we all know that saying history repeats itself. Mm. Yeah. So, um, to, to kind of finish up here on Tisha Bob is so the most noteworthy Kings were King David uh, who made Jerusalem the capital of Israel, and his son Solomon, who built the first temple in Jerusalem as prescribed in the Tanakh, or Old Testament. In 587 BCE, Babylonian Nebuchadnezzar, army ca- Nebuchadnezzar. What is it? <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar. Is that, oh, that's how you spell that? Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I've never... How the fuck did they get Nebuchadnezzar at? Oh, uh, maybe I guess I could t- Neb. Okay. All right. I could see it. Army capt- his army captured Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and ex- exiled the Jews to Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. The year 587 BCE marks a turning point in the history of the region. From this year onwards, the region was ruled or controlled by a succession of superpower empires. Uh, so you see the importance here of the year 587 in Jewish history, and we're going to carry on into the next synchronicity, but hold on to that number. Hold on to 587 because that ends up being an important number later on. That ripples out as well, not of only the um, not only the two towers, um, you know, brutal. Even the even the location of that historical event, right? By Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, by Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> yeah. What a jerk off. Anyway, so keeping in mind the nature of the attacks, um, we're going to go to Clifford's Tower which was 1190 in New York. Are we already, oh, we already did that. And then the Twin Towers and 9-11. And, and so after that, following that, we have more that pops up from not only, the, from both of them. This, this tends to send a ripple out from, uh, keep your eyes on the numbers. Keep your eyes on what happens. And we go to Flight 87, right? So Flight 87, the National Transportation Safety Board dispatched a full-go team on Monday, November 12, 2001, to the site of the crash of an America Air, American Airlines Flight 87, which had just taken off from Kent. 587? 587. Did I say 587? Mm-hmm. You said 87. 587. <laughs> That's it. No, I kept, I kept hearing 87 no, 587, only. 587, which had just taken <laughs> okay, off. Well, either way. I might have retarded it up with Nebuchadnezzar, right? But I'm going to say my is right. Which had just taken off from Kennedy International Airport in New York for the Dominican Republic. So this is two months after 9-11. And let me just uh, move my screen here again. So two months after 9-11, this crash killed all 265 all of 265 people on board the plane. Of course, 587, just two months after the 9-11 attack, is curious. But wait, what makes it more curious is the plane's destination. Flight, 80, uh, flight 587, maybe I was saying Flight 87. You might have been right. Flight 580, we'll, we'll hear it on the yeah. recording. Flight 587 was headed to <laughs> Santo Domingo. Flight 587 was that synchronous number uh, uh, from the year of the uh, Tisha B'Av. 
So it was on its way to Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. And a river flows through Santo Domingo. And that river, which flows through Santo Domingo, has a very special name. And I, I think I already said it before, right? The river that flows through Santo Domingo is named Ozama. The Ozama uh, River is in the D Dominican Republic. And go look, I actually didn't see the map till yesterday. And it is straight in the middle. So mm. just to me, I mean, this can be a reach, right? I do not, like in this work, some of this stuff can be reaches, right? But it just it's just another, I guess, detail not to leave out that the man Osama bin Laden who had something to do with the Twin Towers going down, supposedly. And then the Twin Towers being on that special date of uh, matching Clifford's Tower, which also matching what happened on Tisha B'Av 587. Flight 587, two months after, to the day from 9-11, crashes on its way to that near a river called Ozama. Any thoughts on that? It's crazy, man. And where did it say, What was the, where was the origin of that flight originally? I think it said it took off from uh, Kennedy International Airport. Okay. In New York. All right. Okay. I was just seeing because I saw the whole thing that there's a, there's a city spot right on the river called San Francisco. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I do think that San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, just the fact that it came from New York two months to the day after, I mean, that's to me is... Uh, uh, worthy of being called the synchronicity, uh, a, a ripple effect. There could be many, many reaches, and I do understand that, but this comes with the work. You have to have an open mind. So I added this in there, and I tried to go onto the website to catch this, but this this was actually from Bill Donahue's work, um, who lives in New Jersey. And he, I guess, felt the need to add this. And so what happened was, is in Trenton, New Jersey... Uh, um, and I, by the way, I couldn't get the, uh, actual, what, uh, I'm going to say lottery, uh, lottery ticket. It was 587. I couldn't get on the website. You had to pay money to see anything before 2010. But anyway, uh, in a morbid coincidence, mm. the winning, that's interesting. Huh? What'd you say? I said, that's interesting. Yeah. The, the whole, you got to pay to see it. I, I don't know. Maybe it's cause it's New Jersey. Um, in a morbid coincidence, the winning number in one of the New Jersey Lotteries games Monday was the same as the number of the American Airlines flight that crashed in Queens earlier in the day, 587. And another coincidence, uh, the pick three number chosen for the Lotteries 3 new midday drawing, which debuted Monday, was a variation of the flight number 578. Players who picked 587 for that drawing won a box. So we have the number of the plane. In, in coming out and the to me it's like we could see this as a ripple effect coming from the day just like we could see the bigger ripple mm -hmm. coming from Tisha B'Av happening in 587 so it actually made it that far I don't think I think when we um, when we hear the term that like time is an illusion or time is just you know time doesn't exist and all of that I think when we're talking about something that would be in the ripples of the ether and that in the fourth dimension or fifth dimension, there is no such thing as time, that I think the imprint stays there no matter how, no matter how many thousands of years it could have occurred. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, I got this once again from Bill's website. Um, it says our last violent episodes, which I, I think we could say that that's not true now. <laughs> um, but uh, from, I guess, whenever he posted this, he says, 
our last violent episodes on Earth have been with Hussein, Saddam Hussein, and Osama bin Laden. And I think we've all realized this, that the president yeah. at the time, Barack Hussein Obama, tends to be some sort of synchronicity and ripple effect as well. I mean, I saw that from the start. And a lot of people out there are going to say, well, it's a plant. Like they planted this guy. They picked that. It's mockery. And I won't deny that. I will not not deny that it's mockery. It Mm -hmm. could be. It could be part of some magical fucking weird fetish that these people have. But yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people have, have even gone to the extent of doing the research and somehow connecting Obama to somehow even having some sort of correlation, like more so paternally and stuff like that with, um, I think it was with Osama bin Laden somehow through adoptive, the different type of parents and his grandparents or something like that. Okay. Not only that, cause, cause Osama bin Laden was a, was also a, a CIA. What do you call it? Uh, I forget what you call it. He was like a CIA asset though. Yeah. I mean, I have gone a little bit into his his backstory is it's is in itself a whole episode and discussion. Yeah. But let's just look at the surface level ripple here yeah. and see not only the name of one, but two people who've caused nothing but terror, supposedly. Because we could go into once again, these conspiracies go deep of what Saddam Hussein was and what Osama really was. Yeah, we're not talking about that. Just the fact that the name of the president following 9-11, many of uh, uh, no more than a decade after was named Barack Hussein Obama. Um, I'll fix my camera in a second. So um, we kind of went through this. This one's very just off the top and basic, but it's it's quick mm-hmm. and easy. So Clifford's Tower in York, England, in 1190, an attack took place against Jewish people who, who uh, tried to hide in the tower and they were all killed, ironically taking place Uh, in York, England, involving not only religion, but a tower on a very significant date, which was 1190. So the gematria there in the play and with rules of uh, numerology, it it usually doesn't, part of the system of studying gematria and numerology is it's not just about the order of the numbers, but the fact that the numbers are there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just something to hold on to. I mean, I've, that, that's, that one's really self-explanatory. Um, Next, we'll go into some astrological synchronicity. So, and, and by the way, these planets have played not only a significant part on the day of 9-11, but also for what just happened with COVID-19. Yeah, CV. You know, the day that COVID-19 was basically initiated or things started to really fire up was during a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. Uh, 9-11 was a Saturn-Pluto opposition. So the sky clock, oddly enough, working with similar, the same planets and then having drastic and insane effects that affects the whole world. And these are generational planets, meaning they do affect more of the collective than they do just on, a, on an individual chart. So you're going to have, you're going to look at these planets and use them for more of a mundane version of astrology, which is going to be looking more at the, 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 the collective mass 
uh, uh, you're looking at all of humanity and seeing how these planets line up and then what's going on at that point. There's a book actually called Cosmos and Psyche by Richard Tarnas who goes over the past, I don't know how many, I think 40, 50, 60 years on, you know, what Uranus did and, and Saturn, Pluto and all of that and all of the shifts, the cultural and societal shifts that happen and right on very drastic and potent um, transits. Yeah. Um, I'm going to fix my camera geo. So yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. We'll go to that part. Um, well, if you have anything else to say about that too. No, well, I mean, I think it's, I think it's getting to this. Um, uh, it's, it's getting to whatever I was thinking. So I'll just leave it be. But, um, if you don't know already, obviously we know Saturn and Greek, um, and Roman and Greek mythology, you know, it'd be Kronos, and Saturn has been associated with death since ancient times and related to Saturn are the color black and the element lead also red um, uh, where there is light. Saturn brings darkness where there is heat. Saturn brings cold where there is joy. Saturn brings sadness where there is life. Saturn brings death where there is luck. Saturn brings misfortune where there is unity. Saturn brings isolation where there is knowledge. Saturn brings fear where there is hope. Saturn brings skepticism. So, Saturn's been known, especially astrologically, to be the cold, closed off restriction authority, um, the, the the detached because it has a, a relationship with uh, not only Capricorn, but Aquarius as well. Um, so it's, you know, we could see that those elements playing out. And when we're seeing it with the transits, we're seeing you know, we said about Saturn during the time of nine eleven was was uh, opposed Pluto, um, and I don't I don't want to go into any further into the astrological point because I feel like that's already in there. I'm sure as far as like the signs and everything, which I know we'll digress more. But then you have Pluto, Pluto being Hades, the underworld, destruction. Um, you know, transformation. It's the god Pluto was known in both Greek and Roman tradition as a ruler of the underworld and became casually interchangeable with Satan as an embodiment of hell, the planet of the same name, thus viewed as a fairly nasty character. This is then this isn't meant to demonize, you know, planets or no, astrology no, in any sort of way. And once again, you gotta have the discernment of the good and bad thing that we said earlier. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of the way I, I I obtained this knowledge from more of um, it's called the most dangerous book in the world. And it's, ex- it's explaining the dark ritual magic that could have happened on the day of nine 11. And this was more of a segment from it. But when, when you look at archetypes and we look at astrology, what we're, we're seeing is, is like I just said the word, we're looking at archetypes, right? Which has a higher mm-hmm. version and a lower version uh, or expression. And so when we look at Pluto, I mean, if you want to see it, if you want to go into astrological terms and we want to see it from a positive side, we're looking at something that's going to, it's like digging shit out of the sewer to clean out the sewer to then transform it. Or it's the, um, the, the caterpillar into the butterfly, right? You're, you're Mm -hmm. stepping outside of the larval stage and we're transforming and transmuting that energy into something new. Now, if you really think off the top more of, on the, on the more, um, Say if we're thinking alchemy, but we're also thinking dark magic, there would be a perfect planet, say, to perform a ritual like this because the energy is that of transmutation. 
And we could mm-hmm. go deeper, in, and we will go deeper into the chart of 9-11 and, and even the U.S. Sibley chart, which I have. Um, but even Saturn, Saturn is there to constrict and, and, and cause limitation, but so you could overcome it, right? It's giving you a challenge, and it's making you become more so— uh, it's kind of that's where they're comparing it, like with Pluto— is it's more of a transformation, but the Saturn is like the angry, um, what's it, the guru, right? Who is going to say, mm-hmm. well, you can't, you can't do this till you've passed all my tests. I can't call you, um, you know, a samurai until you've passed all these specific tests. And those tests are yeah. Saturn and Saturn is like S words, right? It's like structure. Structure would be the perfect Saturnian word. Uh, you can look at the yeah. vocabulary of many words and see a Saturnian vibration. Yeah. Stop. Um, Still. You know. Strict. Strict's a great one. Yep. All the S, all the ST words, and we also know that Saturn is Father Time, so it's you know there's also this element, especially when we're looking at you know nine eleven, you know the occurrence is times up, or you know even the you know Capricorns, the goat reaching the peak. No, this is the peak and the pinnacle. So what's next after you get to the top? You got to go back down. Um, and it plays along great with Pluto as well in that destructive, transformative uh, nature and this rebirth. Right. And then you could see how if you take these two planetary archetypes and you put that energy into the into the into human consciousness, into the consciousness of the whole planet, what you're seeing is, is that these could be alchemized in a certain way. So the people who have the knowledge and the wisdom to know that this sky clock does have the effect that it does on human consciousness. And what it could do is send out ripples, just like Tisha B'Av and all of that, where if you do things on a certain date and the energy is just right, now you've been, you've, you've been, you've, it's primed, right? It's primed to actually do what it wants, what you want it to do. And that's where that whole thou shall wilt thing is because when you're, when you understand the workings of metaphysics and astrology and all of else that's included in the occult, you're now able to, create your own ripples in time and have the effects, the desired effects that you need. Hmm. But knowing who does the ritual does not, it's not solving the problem of the fact that it's been done and how it's been done and how it works. Hence our emphasis. Yeah. There's an element of, you know, awareness and preparation, you know, not saying you got to prepare for some catastrophe. I mean, but Hey, I mean, there, there is an understanding that, Hey, you know, the the cosmic the cosmic clock is showing that there's a potential for something and there's ways that it can mentally prepare you physically prepare you in some sort of way um but i do also think that there is you know maybe some physical beings and, and you know that are able to influence things by understanding that there is a perfect time for something and that you know that it's almost like a portal is opened up to set that intention into. Perfectly said. Right. And so, but this is where when you get into understanding it all, what what was actually more of a, a divine or fatal type of occurrence where it's meant for the evolution of human consciousness and almost the matrix, matrix itself wants, it, wants to play it out in this way, is it just that divine calling or is it the fact that we co-create with this divine energy and that it's our job to understand these things to then work with the energies? And when the wrong people have that power and understanding and then you have the masses who does not, 
who does who wants to stay in ignorance and doesn't want to look into this stuff because it's either evil or occult or this and that once again you're denying the possibility that this is the power the understanding of these things is understanding how the realm works it's like what they did with the weather right they they built certain technology to predict the weather and then now on certain days you know when things are going to happen or have the potentials to happen and with that understanding now you get to either grab the raincoat or wear shorts or put on sweatshirts or this and that because you know or with certain with more important things like what entails on your work day and all that other stuff and when things can be done because the weather is now forecasted where astrology plays the same role but in a higher version of it right we're looking at the forecast of energy and with that we could choose mm-hmm. to do things on those certain days through the knowledge we've gained and the and the and the foresight that we have and so if we want to talk conspiracy and we want to talk people that are doing things against humanity uh, you know it's to, for the harm of humanity and for the gain of their own power well it doesn't it reverts back to this stuff isn't evil but how it's being used is evil so knowing it yep. is empowering us. Uh, Gio, you want to take the reins on the astrological influence sure. of this? Yes. Um, the astrological configuration of two planets in particular interest when considered the occult rituals that occurred on 9-11. Saturn was in near-perfect opposition to Pluto when the events of 9-11 took place. In astrology, opposition is seen as a very powerful force, similar to how magnets attract each other with polarity. On 9-11, Saturn was in the house of Gemini, which which is represented by the twins, so the twin towers. Saturn itself is representative of material power in astrology, trade center, buildings, um, that Saturnian structure. Uh, In regards to Saturn's opposition that morning, Pluto, we can see that Pluto was in the house of Sagittarius. Pluto is seen in astrology as representation of rebirth through through destruction. So that could be the new world order through global war on terror. The house of Sagittarius is seen in astrology as a representation of foreign culture or travel and religion. So that can be the Islamic, uh, the Islam clashing with the Western world. And to also add on to that, um, you know, in, in hindsight, you have that the symbolism of Saturn Pluto opposition really does accurately describe the tragic events that occurred. You know, there's this ruthless religious extremists, which would be the Pluto and Sagittarius and using aircraft as projectiles. Sagittarius is the archer and it's the arrow to destroy, which would be Pluto. The twin towers we said is Gemini in the financial Saturn heart of a large city, which is also can be Gemini damaging many other buildings around it still the buildings we have is saturn transforming pluto life as we know it slowing the economy down saturn that restriction and everything slowing down inhibiting travel saturn and gemini and paving the way for major increases in security more authority that would be saturn two cities were targeted with two planes each that's once again gemini all the terrorists were foreigners, Sagittarius. So just a little little uh, sum up of the connection between Saturn and Pluto on yeah, 9-11. Yeah, no, that, see, and that's so you, you, perfect because you took the archetypes and you <laughs> built a story around them and you could see the fact that the day, so this is where the debacle is, right? It's like, okay, they may have chosen a perfect day to do the ritual and it doesn't deny the fact that they did certain things to our own country. 
but also the fact that there is a lot aligned in that chart that says that the, the tendencies of that, so you can understand why an astrologer or someone who believes in divination sees that chart and says, oh, well, I mean, the tendencies were perfect. It, it was, it was, it was perfect. And then that's where it, that's, of course, you could feed it into, it was perfect for the ritual. It was, but yep. on, on another note though, this, what Geo just did with explaining it more in depth and all of that is that's how you read an astrology chart for the day, right? So there, so I don't think that we have a certain amount of people that are sitting there analyzing every single day and then trying to perform some sort of ritual or this and that. This applies to the individual. This, this applies to all of us. There's a certain type of power, a certain, a certain type of mechanism to this clock that's being used mm-hmm. in astrology. And it's not just evil and it's not just for human ritual sacrifice or whatever else you want to call it. It's actually this divine, um, this divine symbolic clock that is giving us the forecast of energy, which we can use for good, not just bad. We could use for expansion yeah. instead of contraction. We could use for growth instead of death. Yeah. And you could see how the so-called evil doers and whatever may be, we can see how this whole occurrence that happens on 9-11, and I'm not saying that it was good, but we can see how maybe the flip side of it of, you know, look at that other thing, right? We all had brotherly love the next day after. They always say we wish that America was the America that we were in the day after September 11th. That brotherly love, that's Gemini, the two brothers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like this yeah, uh, real forging forward of this like patriotism that, that occurred and um, this like unity that happened and stuff like you can take this stuff and also see the inverted parts of it. And also the fact that, you know, there was more so of this presence of understanding, you know, yes, there was a lot of fear base, but also to, you know, understand now we learned a valuable lesson that, you know, we're so easily able to be attacked or that we need to we need to you know figure out a different way of going about things and double check things and all this stuff and really get our ducks in a row which would can be kind of saturnish um i forget there was something else i was going to say though um about that um but yeah like I, I, you can see how there's also that ability oh that's what i was going to say as far as like okay does that mean the creeps are sitting there uh, behind their fucking desk and shit like that saying like, Ooh, we're going to do this on that day possibly or like planning it for that day. Or is it also the ability that there is this, there's an ability and an access to, to a stream of consciousness in the collective consciousness. And it can be used one way or it could be used the other way. And the occurrence of these things kind of happen in so more so the sense that as this was coming up, they were tapped into as well, you know, and basically, you know, people are the actors acting this stuff out. Once again, it's that access to this portal and this activation point, especially by the way, unconscious people where I do think the people that attain the knowledge and the awareness that there is influence from the stars and influence uh, from places beyond just our 3D realm is you could transcend the stars. You could, in a way, use it to your advantage. 
and the evil might have mm. its grip on that and utilizing specific days. And this one, it seems to be a little more obvious that obviously there's a little more orchestration to it all. But other than that, though, there's still that ability to, to see this information and then transcend it and use it for good. And I think that's the emphasis. And I don't hear enough of that emphasis, at least more even in the conspiracy community where astrology is almost too much of, I don't even want to say too much, but it's just that a lot of them are closed-minded to things other than just maybe the individual mundane stuff in reality and all of that where there is bigger things going on. And it would make sense to me, by the way, in a time where Pluto right now currently is trans, uh, transiting Capricorn. So it's transiting Capricorn. If Pluto yeah. is death, rebirth, transformation, bringing up all the gook and the shit from the depths and the secrets and all of that, Capricorn rules our structure. It rules our government. It would be a perfect time for the revealing of conspiracy and and and, and dark. Yeah, so much yeah. questioning of old things that have occurred. We're asking the questions now and stuff, and that's why you see that more prevalent. Exactly, and everything. Um. Yeah, you want to. Uh, now, I, I do have something to say about this one, so you know I'll read it because it seems like from the book I had grabbed, mm-hmm. um, he made not a slight mistake. It is Well, it is a mistake, but it's just how he worded it, or he could have been a little more detailed, but I'll correct it when I, when I say it. So, modern astrologers don't find Saturn as evil as the more traditional astrologers do, but the stress between the restriction of Saturn and the transformative power of Pluto can be difficult at best. One gathers that when these two guys get close to each other, it means something bad is going to happen. And on 9-11, where they had their confrontation, apparently wasn't a good thing either, as there was a sensitive and critical placement of the Pluto-Saturn opposition with Pluto, the planet of death, rebirth, transformation in the 12th house. And here's where my correction is now. If you look at the chart, Pluto is actually in the first house. If you look to the left, uh, where Sagittarius is. Um, But I do think because it's so close, it's by seconds, right? So it's 12 degrees, 38 seconds where it's in the first house, which still has some sort of synchronistic implications of it. But the 12th house too, because it's actually, you usually work with a, a three degree orb or something like that. When you're really on the ascendant, it can be considered where it's in, you, you, you would consider both houses by some astrological rule. There's astrologers mm-hmm. that, that consider that. When a planet's rising and it's on right on the line of the ascendant, that when it's in the first house and that close, it could potentially be involved also in the 12th. But if you weren't to consider that, he actually in this dissertation makes a mistake. Um, So anyway, the planet of death, rebirth, and transformation, Pluto in the 12th house, which rules darkness, secrets, and imprisonment, the 12th house, and Saturn, the the planet of death and limitation in the 7th, which rules our country's relationship with others. The astrological interpretation then would go on something like this. The two lords of death came too near, too near each other in a couple of astrological houses that amplified their malevolent characters or whatever, which made it a great day to sacrifice 3,000 people in the, uh, to the Prince of Darkness. Mm. It's also, if you look at it, the first house, it's the house of the I am. It's the outward expression being in that first house right. too. Yeah, you can make it make sense for both. And the darkness, secrets, imprisonment, all that, I get that. But more so is, and this guy, by the way, is very, um, I forget it. I think Bain was his last name. S.K. Bain was the name of the author. Um, he, 
You don't understand the power of my darkness. So, uh, so he <laughs> he tends to be a little more. He hates on kind of everything in the occult. Uh, he sees it as evil. This is one of those people that wrote this that was more like, almost even if you noticed mocking, and I didn't really read it in that way, but houses that amplified their malevolent characters or whatever he put, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and I think he's more nice. taking it as more of the physical where it's like, all oh, these people pick this day doing the ritual and it, this is what they, this is what they've symbolized it as. So this is what it, it would be a perfect day by their standards. When yet, no, he's misinterpreting the fact that actually to astrological standards, that's technically a way you can interpret it. 100%. Like, naturally by astrological rule. Yeah. stage. The stage was set. 100%. So, I mean, just another, like I said, is this, is this a synchronicity? Is this more of kind of the universe playing out in the story that it wants to play out in and this is just how it happened and it was a needed thing for humanity? Was this the catalyst? Was this... And, and if so, people who believe in God out there would probably call this evil and it's the work of Satan. But could it have been the catalyst? And do I want to vote that? Absolutely not, right? I don't want to say that the universe picked this day and this needed to happen for humanity, but who knows? We don't know. The thing is, is but we can point out the fact that it is a synchronistic event because of the astrological placements, but we all have to go into our inner tuning fork and say, well, you know, what resonates with us more? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it too in this way. If, 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 you know, time is all parallel and like if we remove, you know, the events that occur after and us going to war and stuff and, you know, we look at it as the present moment, there's almost a choice there too. The collective conscious was all for let's go, let's go after whoever did this. In a way, if there's no time, that choice was already made in the hearts of everybody before the event even happened. If you think about it, because, you know, if time's not linear in that case. So therefore, it's this collective choice of being like, yeah, everybody was all for war at that point. Everybody. Nobody hesitated for that shit. And it was just kind of like, yeah, we need to do that. So I'm saying it as like, say that event after, right, of everybody choosing that. And 9-11 happened afterwards. Everybody was like, yeah, like we need to go get whoever's responsible and go to war. Yeah. Is there an alternative choice that maybe could have been in the minds and the hearts of everybody before even the events and stuff and even after, but during and afterwards of this needing for revenge and stuff like that? Obviously, yeah. I'm not saying that like we shouldn't have done anything, but we all agreed and catered into trusting all the powers at work to be like, yeah, this is what we need to do. Oh, Iraq? Sure, let's go. When really, the narrative was not that for the responsibility of what happened. So it's almost like this predestined or determined motion and thing that we all collectively agreed Could on, be. too, in right. a sort of sense. And if there's a God, and right, if there's God, God already knew that we were all going to agree to that. And that's the way, absolutely, that we have to consider that it could work. We can't just take things mm -hmm. off the table. I think that's the argument here, right? It's like, mm -hmm. let's stop taking things off the table because with proof like this, that this is more of this orchestration of just the matrix, matrix itself or that it has a, this predetermination because of our, almost like our consciousness, like maybe our level of consciousness as a collective 
almost morphing reality into something like that day because of the fact that where we're at and almost like it's like a wake up call, you know, and ironically, by the way, I, I see that Neptune is in retrograde conjunct the South Node of the United States as well, which Neptune also rules deception. Uh, I remember something I was going to say before, too, about the whole, you know, understanding the use of this knowledge and everything, too. Like in the biblical stories, you know, there was a prophecy that and there was a known, you know, a known fact that a Messiah was going to be born. And we knew that there was going to be signs and not that it was like, oh, Messiah is going to be born, but there's no signs, right? No, there was a sign. There was a certain cosmic sign and the star of Bethlehem, whether you want to say that's the Jupiter Saturn conjunction or whatever it may be and stuff, or even that whole thing, what we saw before about the uh, uh, Jupiter Regulus thing, right? No matter what, that's just goes to show like there needed to be an understanding of the signs. There needed to be understanding of the times and what, what, you know, people that needed to look to look towards them. Because also in the opposite sense, too, there was also the killing of every firstborn because there was a known fact that the Messiah was going to be born. So if nobody knew the knowledge, right, if we're taking the literal sense of the Bible and stuff in that say, then it's like, well, nobody was looking. So the Messiah is born and nobody knows who to protect and who needs to get out of there and whatever. So the, so the Messiah isn't killed and there's no sort of way that all of the Bible could have happened when it comes right. to Jesus. Yeah. And it just brings a whole new level of awareness. And now we can start seeing outside of our bookends, which I emphasized last week. And when we do mm-hmm. that, now we're, we're looking at everything with a new lens, which leads to new realizations, which can lead to a better quality of life and, and more so of a, uh, uh, an increasing speed of evolution because we're then starting to remember what all of this stuff was and what it actually means instead of taking it on that dogmatic level. So uh, to finish that up, it says, as a method for securing blessings for their undertakings, occultists employ the practice of selecting favorable dates and times for their endeavors, uh, which is called electional astrology, which, by the way, just not occultists like this. That's an astrologer thing as well. Like I said, this is more from that book. And this is you're getting kind of the perspective of someone who sees this as nothing but negative and 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 a ritual. And I wanted to bring this to the forefront and show people what someone thinks is just thinking it's just a ritual and it's just a conspiracy where we yet we're trying to break it down as let's not take other things off the table because there's enough evidence to say that we live in a synchronistic universe that ripples out in time. Yeah. So this is a branch found in most traditions of astrology in which a practitioner decides the most appropriate time for an event based on its astrological auspiciousness. The most commonly used and distinctive form of election is the ephemeral election, which involves selecting a date based on the position of the celestial bodies in the sky at the moment of the event. The horoscope for any given moment shows the general trends, alignments, planetary strengths and weaknesses, etc., and whether a success or failure is indicated. Astrology speaks sounds like absolute gobbledygook to most people, but to many occultists and astrologers swear by the use of astrology for their purposes. Saying then that on, that on that day of the attacks, transiting Pluto was within 17 minutes of an exact conjunction to the U.S. Ascendant at 12 degrees Sagittarius doesn't mean jack shit to most people, and fortunately we don't have to figure out what this statement means, but we do have to push forward into the astrology of 9-11 to, make, uh, to try and make some sense of it, in which we already kind of have. Yeah. 
And on the on the human intervention standpoint, too, we do know that there's many famous, powerful people with it throughout history that consulted astrologers. Right. Right. Hitler did. Well, and that's why I, I really have to look more into his his chase into the occult, and I think it can reveal a lot of pieces to the puzzle of what he was really after. And if you, uh, like I said, you look at a lot of this governmental stuff that goes on, and you see, and you look at the symbolism, and you look at all of this that we're showing you, and this isn't even like, the, this is the tip of the iceberg, man. I mean, like, this yeah. isn't a full-blown, this wasn't meant to be just a full-blown presentation, but this was to bring things to attention and things to mind and into people's minds on, hey, uh, maybe you should maybe look a little deeper and just stay away from the biased mindset and see things from more of an open mind because this this specific area is so emphasized in government, the occult and astrology and everything else, but emphasized as something as evil when yet hide things in plain sight, right? They could be hiding the power from you by if they are doing all of these things, if all of it or most of it is orchestrated and it's not just, it's, it's human intervention and not just, uh, uh, more of a the the structure of the matrix and time itself playing out as the human story. Well, now the power we're denying it. So that's why emphasizing the point of we're showing you the synchronicities because of this fact. That do you think that they could orchestrate all of this, or do you yeah. think there's also a level of divinity? Uh, not to say a part of the many deaths that happened on nine eleven, but they could be. This could have been devoted to them. But when you look in other areas, it's it's not so. I don't want to put it this way. I don't want to give human uh, humans that much credit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want to take this one? Sure. So in the gematria of it, in Kabbalah, the central belief in God created the world with language by combining the number with the letter with the word. This is expressed in the foundational text of Kabbalah, the Sefer Yetzirah or in English, the Book of Formation. In its opening paragraph, it states in reference to God creating the world, he created his universe by three forms of expression, numbers, letters, and words. What did we say before about words create worlds? This belief about creation from the Book of Formation is in line with the beginning of the Holy Bible, which begins with Genesis, where God speaks the world into existence over the course of six numbered days before resting on the seventh day and making it holy. If you have not read the story of creation from Genesis, God begins each day by making a verbal command. And God said, then bringing something new into the world from light to water to land to stars to the sun and the moon to plant life to living creatures, etc. before concluding with his last creation, mankind who is brought into existence in the 26th verse of the Bible on the sixth day and both numbers for very specific reasons we will reveal. Now for that, that was just an introduction to Gematria and in another episode, we can go into that more so and focus on what 26 really means. And on the sixth day and all of that, where, you know, you also have on the seventh, which is the Sabbath and you have the seven chakras and the crown chakra and Saturn, Saturn day, the seven, the seventh day, with the crown, the crown of thorns, and the in that with the cube and the hexagon, all of that stuff plays in. And gematria, it, when you look at the Bible in this way through number code, you start to see the the synchronicity itself of how things are playing out here as well through numbers. So numbers are just another form of symbolism to then portray and give a message uh, that's more uh, deeply encoded and divine itself as well. And most people think maybe it's not defined. Maybe it's just the Jesuits and 
all that other stuff. And and this is where like I, we're, we're 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 teetering on this. Mm. So yeah, another episode we could go into why the twenty sixth verse and the sixth day and all that stuff is that's just a whole nother talk. Yeah. Um, I'll take the next one. So you take this, this next one and then, uh, we'll, we'll switch off. Okay. Uh, 77 and nine 11, the number seven was extremely important in the September 11, 2001 ritual where flight 77 hit the 77 foot tall Pentagon on the 77th Meridian and West exactly 77 minutes after taking off where according to the 9-11 commission report, the plane took off at 8.20 a.m. and crashed at 9.37 a.m., adding to the number 77 list, September 11th and World Trade Center both summed to 77 using Pythagorean gematria, as does the phrase order from chaos, a tactic of the Jesuits as well as Masons that is also sometimes worded ordered out of, ordered out of chaos, at the same time, United States and secret societies sum to 77 using reverse Pythagorean. In light of the name of the country summing to 77, keep in mind the 77th, 77th Meridian West that cuts through the nation's capital is nicknamed the American Meridian. Furthermore, construction on the Pentagon began September 11th, 1941. With emphasis on the year 41, since USA sums to 41 in simple English, and the 9-11 attacks occurred on a 41-date numerology, reminding us that Pearl Harbor was attacked December 7th, 1941. Tying the events together even more closely, the Hollywood film Pearl Harbor released May 25th, 2001, a span of 100 days from the 110... 110 days. Uh, Yeah, 110 days from the 110-story World Trade Center's demise on September 11th. This is similar to how the George Floyd murder uh, pretrial begins September 11th, a span of 110 days from his May 25th, uh, 2020 killing in Minnesota, equating to 110. That's a little excerpt from Mr. Zachary K. Hubbard. Yeah, number games. Number number games. Nine uh, eleven to coronavirus. It's his mm-hmm. book. It's a great book on gematria. I, you know, to, when it comes to the narratives and all of that, you have to be careful on what you believe with that. Where he does make a lot of valid points, and a lot of things do point to secret societies, the Jesuit order, all of that. It is uh, not an invalid or, or or even like he's not. He ha- he makes a lot of good points, but my thing with him is is he's stuck on that. Where he yeah. does admit to an organic code, but if you were to say what, so they picked how many feet tall the Pentagon would be, and they put it on the 77th Meridian West, and exactly 77 minutes after takeoff, where the plane hit, I, I mean, I, and his claim, even to, to, to go a little sidebar, is with the Jesuit order being 201, you have event 201, Jesuit order mm. equals 201, I believe, in Gematria. And then he was comparing it to some, uh, I think it was Tom Brady in the Super Bowl 2020 through for 201 yards, and he was claiming that Tom Brady was a Jesuit because of that. And I'm not denying yeah. any of that, but I'm saying there, like, you could see why some people will come into this and kind of be just rubbed the wrong way or see, like, really? dude, you're fucking reaching. Where I'm not saying he's wrong, but I'm saying, let's, but let's also not consider the fact that he's right, but also just look at what's going on here. We have the repeating numbers. They're, they're, I mean, the odds of this being orchestrated are insane, but I'm not saying it's impossible, but there is some sort of ripple going out. Had, Gematria is just another way to communicate 
with the universe, vice versa, and showing you that everything's connected and that we live in a fractal universe. So Gematria plays a big part also on the day of 9-11. Yeah. I mean, I even showed you, I mean, I have the picture of it, but I showed you um, even the little Gematria connection that um, that kind of stood out to me to want to even go look at the Gematria of of even the architect um the one the one of the original architects of the World Trade Center his name was Man- Minoru Yama- Yamasaki um and he was also fascinated by Islamic architecture um so you want to share, I, the, I did, share the photo if you want yeah you know what let me this way it'd probably be easier for me to even understand the connection here yeah but surrounding this whole day is nothing but this type of synchronicity it's just mm-hmm. it's absolutely fascinating yeah it really is so at the bottom here we could see you have minori yamasaki whatever um and i found looking into all these other words especially the fact that he was very influenced by islamic architecture so when we're thinking about islamic architecture we could think about islamic mecca right um and there's the connection with his name in full uh reverse reduction 91 right there right very similar to 9-11 if you really want to. But also the fact that in Islamic Mecca in Saudi Arabia, you have also Saudi Mecca, Saudi Arabia, 39, right? And his name, 39. But you also have the Kaab. That's the black cube that's there, right? Mm. And he also, where's the connection here? The black cube also has a connection to being of the World Trade Center. Where is it? Um, cubes at the top okay yeah so cube right 77 world trade center 77 um and we know that it also we were talking about saturn and there's a lot of saturn connection on top of it too the kaab 21 there's the hexagon shape of the storm on top of saturn which is a cube Mm. 21 in chaldean so i'm not going to go through all of it but you could just see and you could constantly make the connections here with all this and everything with Mecca, Hodge, you know, all those, all these different numbers. So what's that to say that they were playing upon these numbers that the architect was involved in, in, in this? No, it's just showing you the binary code of the, of, of the, the, the nature of our reality, basically how there is a, a resonancy and frequency when it comes to all of this. Right. Yeah. And the way I see Gematria, like I said, it's just another, portal for the universe to communicate to us and it shows the fractal nature and almost how not that things are pre-planned or predestined but in a way they are there's that fine hmm. line that that plays and there's a paradox and if we know something about our universe that we inhabit is it's nothing but a paradox yeah. everything is a paradox in this place so when you try and go it's funny like any truth could be it can be proven true or untrue we yeah. live in that type of place that's where in my eyes it's almost like to manifest your uh, whether it's the collective heaven or our own personal desires and all of that, there there is that level of create your own principles, reverting back to chaos magic, right? Like these symbols can mean things and they can mean many things. So in your own subjective individual experience, you could almost in a way use them as your own symbols. But also though, and here's my other rebuttal to that, and here's my Gemini plane because now I'm arguing with myself, is as much as I'd want to say manifest the sun not coming up tomorrow or that the leaves outside to be a different color or that for me to just 
shut off this light with my mind or do certain things and want them to manifest to my will. There's natural law here. Certain things do just mean certain things, by the way. You know, I do think that there is natural definitions that we just can't deny. So you have the human concepts of things, and then you also have, I think, more of an objective reality to things as well. So when it comes to something like Gematria and all that, and even everything in the occult and magic, you're dealing with fine lines. You're dealing with paradoxes. It's not just all the logical mind will not have a good time in ma- in, in magic and the occult if you are just strictly left-brained. If you're just in the rational mind, you will not have a good time with this. You think it's all bullshit and all stupid and all that, but that's because I won't say you're lacking, but in a way I'm going to say it for the, for the lack of better phrase or all that, you are not mm. and un, you're undeveloped, I get underdeveloped or you're not focused in the right side of the mind, which is imagination and emotions and, and open-mindedness and things like that and tuning into things because the occult is nothing but just t- using that left brain kind of, but you're using the right more to tune in to see patterns and to, and to, and to use the, the vibrational reality more than the logical material. Yeah. You're missing the key how to f- turn that into, you know, this overall awareness, but also learning how to unlock that self-awareness too through using all the examples and and watching this and perceiving it happening right so and then so there as you can see there's almost prerequisites to going into this knowledge if you really want to understand it and if you want to blow it off and say it's too much for me or this and that that's okay that's understandable but you got to understand that if you want to know what powers are being used against you it's all pointing i won't say it is but it is all pointing to this stuff so if you don't understand it, you could be that person in the water with the sharks and be attacked at any point in time, and it doesn't matter what you believe. Yep. Um, I'm almost done with the with my end of the that presentation. Uh, I'll we'll kind of go through it quickly and just you know talk it out and just get it over with in a way because we're almost done, and I think the listeners get the point. And then you did have I think yeah. your article and stuff that you wanted to just show uh, and go and go over yeah. right. Um. Yeah, I'm de- I'm debating if I should just make that maybe maybe a separate short video or something. Yeah, I mean that's that works. Um Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, we can finish up. We'll pay attention to the listener, make it more digestible. Sure. Yeah, we yeah, we could finish up this presentation, kind of have our thoughts and we'll call it. Um mm-hmm. This did go I mean this is a, it's a lot, right? It's a lot to talk about. Yeah. There's a lot a lot of information and it's here for free and you don't you know, you don't see a lot of the culmination of what, how, you know, being this type of information being expressed in this way so much where you get the astrology, the gematria, uh, the occult, the conspiracy, you know, the truth seeking, the metaphysical all in one shot in one place. Yeah, yeah so, and we're trying to ground it, right? We're, we're not tied to a specific yeah. group or community where we're just, we are just for exploring the truth and seeing things from multiple perspectives and trying to figure out ways we could really grasp and connect it to everybody or as many people as we can so we can at least open the minds up of people. As even if your mind's cracked a little open from this, if you, if you didn't make it to this point or you think it's, you have other views, I mean, once again, if you have other views, leave it in the comments or tell us what you think and all of that. But on the other end, we can understand how this could be overload. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I say it again where Matt McKinley had said on camera, he's like, you, you try and get up and talk about this stuff. It's, it's not, especially because with us say, and let me emphasize this, is we're not just talking astrology. We're not just talking magic. We're not just talking about one thing. We're not talking about just esotericism, anthropology. We're not, 
we're trying to be bridges to all of it. And so stick with us because as time goes on, I'm sure we're going to improve our delivery and what we bring and how we distribute it and all of that. Uh, with this specific topic, there's just so much that it's like we had to handpick things and try yeah. our best to make it as short as we can because we know the attention spans out there and we're right there with you. We're programmed to be like, mm-hmm. okay, get to the point. But it is yeah. extremely good information. And if you have to sit through three, four sittings and listen to this and then and then also contact us and have questions and stuff, we're here for you and, and we're and try and help us out too. If you have anything yeah. that's helpful to the presentation or what we're talking about or other insights, we're open to it. Yeah. Trying to unify all these fields of thoughts and topics and everything. Because if we can we can show that that's possible and that's what, you know, really can be done. And for what benefit, imagine, you know, with this topic, imagine what we could do with so much, so much else using all this knowledge and information when it comes to really things that we could get down and personal about ourselves and humanity. Well said. So um, to finish all this stuff up, so we just talked about the gematria. We talked about some symbolism and I have a few more things on symbolism, but the effect on the culture, uh, culture, and I can I would call this a cultural synchronicity that followed 9-11. And to me, actually, because I'm a football fan, I did notice this, and it is true, um, when it comes to the emphasis on Tom Brady and the Patriots. Uh, so for a bit more on entertainment and pro sports being used as a part of the cabal's web of deceit, mockery, and misinformation, think about the New York Jet, Mo Lewis, wrecking the New York Jet, Mo Lewis wrecking the quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, of the New England Patriots, who were number 11 right after the September 11th, 2001 attacks. This occurred September 23rd, 2001, 12 days after the attack, giving rise to Tom Brady, who still wears the number 12 all these years, uh, all these years later, and the New England Patriots in the time of the Patriot Act. So not only do you have a football team called the New England Patriots who end up basically beginning their dynasty and franchise, uh, their, their franchise's biggest movement and all of that, um, right after a New York jet crashes into the quarterback <laughs> so they could build up a new one, right? So um, mm. uh, around this time also then if you go look back, that's, this is when the Patriot Act became effective, October 26, 2001. The Patriot Act basically gave the government rights to spy on you. Um, we can go into that another time. So uh, the Patriot Act was October 26, 2001, which was 45 days after the attack 9-11. This matters because Patriot sums the 45 with reverse Pythagorean and New England sums the 45 in the same cipher and also with regular Pythagorean gematria. Furthermore, the day Tom Brady took over the team, 20, uh, September 23rd, was the day leaving 99 days left in the year and both New England and Patriot equate to 99 with simple, simple English gematria. Also, the date the Patriot Act was enacted, October 26th, leaves 66 days left in the year and Patriot Act sums the 66 with reverse Pythagorean. Let us not forget 66 is the 11th triangular number and football is a game of 11 on 11. And September 11, 2001 was perhaps the greatest 11 ritual of all time. Mm. Ironically, that is in the other book as well, too. Talking about Crowley and his, uh, his um, obsession with 7 and 11. Mm. So keep this in mind. Keep in mind this level of surveillance is right now is piggybacking off the Patriot Act installed after 9-11 that gave the U.S. government the right to track and monitor all of its citizens. Furthermore, the Patriot Act led to the collecting of untold bytes of data 
uh, that are the phone calls, text messages, emails, library visits, bank records, medical records, etc. of its people. Also, keep in mind, this was done in the snap of fingers to those who were told their entire lives that they were free and protected from the government infringing on their privacy. And let us not forget, just prior to September 11th, Google was becoming a household name and, become, and most people were getting small computers in their pockets that we call cell phones. It is this device specifically that has given uh, Big Brother a way to peep into the lives and communications of its people. And I think, by the way, we can all agree to that now. And it is the same device now in the wake of coronavirus that is being used to track our every movement. And it is this same device that is evolving with built-in AI that automates our tasks for us and answers our questions, always listening, and I repeat, always listening. Yeah, and you could even think about those events on 9-11 with the astrology and even this whole understanding of that whole, you know, what, what ends up becoming the new structure for maybe more so the aristocrats and the oligarchs and stuff. And that became so much more prevalent of, you know, what, you know, that what was, especially since there was such a financial crash and loss of money and all that stuff. And then this whole, you know, data, you know, it's, it's, it was basically a structure around around data and information and you know we could see that with like kind of a little bit of that saturn gemini thing of now what is that thing that's being transformed you know uh, coming into higher understandings with it as well pluto sagittarius like you know you can you can play it along with it that way too yeah uh that's that's good too because what's ironic is the last bit of this presentation is about a sign or symbol that has everything to do with data and the trans uh the uh, transmission of it, mm. which would be Hermes, yes. which also is Gemini. Mm. So you have the pillars of Hermes, which, by the way, the lover's card or the twins, twin towers, 11, right? Um, which is, to me, like I said, just an ode to the symbolism of just the day itself. And just to be if you don't want to get into narratives, we could just see the synchronicity and ripple of the of the uh, of the god himself of Hermes and Saturn and what it all means. And it it's played out in the archetypal story we call astrology. Okay, so the pillars of Hermes, the eleven could also be seen as symbolizing the twin towers, of course, which were themselves powerful modern versions of the ancient pillars of Hermes. So he's claiming the twin towers were symbolized as these pillars. In addition to being known as the god of trade and commerce, the Greek god Hermes was the patron of roads and boundaries and rectangular pillars of stone or bronze called herma were often used as road and boundary markers. The twin towers were not only modern concrete and still recreations of the famed pillars of Hermes, but also symbolically marked the boundary between this realm and the next, between our world and that of the dead. Associated with the crossing of boundaries, Hermes, also the god of doorways, was a fitting psychopomp or conductor of the dead to the underworld, as he was known, a role that was certainly invoked on 9-11. Damn. Want to take this one? Sure. Uh, the, the weather as the god of commerce, the psychopomp, or deified trickster, multiple aspects of Hermes' character were invoked on 9-11 by those conducting the ceremony, and the destruction of these modern representations of the fabled pillars of Hermes signified fittingly for the god of door uh, of doorways the opening of a metaphysical doorway. The twin towers and the space between them represented a gateway, and their destruction signified the red during and the barrier between worlds and the symbolic tearing of the veil of Isis, creating a portal unveiling the Holy of Holies. The idea of the Twin Towers as gateways further links 
to the zodiacal sign of Gemini, the twins, and its position as a celestial slash heavenly gateway. A prime example of the key principle of as above, so below. Yeah. And I think me and you have discussed it too, as well, as far as like even just symbolically and phallically erected those towers and being two of them, one having the antenna, one not, you know, we could also see that as the divine feminine and the divine masculine and this tearing it down, you know, and, and rebuilding it into, into, into one, uh, one world trade center, you know, and it's symbolic of that too, of even this, you know, destroying of, of, I don't want to say destroying of humanity, but in more so if we're going to take it more from a metaphysical standpoint and stuff is, you know, being able to, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 I'm just going to put it this way. It could be a great representation of even uh, Kundalini and sex magic in that way, especially with the phallic symbol and everything. And the two, the two strands of DNA, all those, these are all the things that you could synchronize with it as well. And symbolically represented as far as, you know, what kind of happened from then till now, even with the collective conscious. Yep. And the effect on consciousness is coming from so many different sources and, and the way to see it this way is always only priming your mind to see the symbolism. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Um, we're catching, uh, we're, we're getting to the end here where I'm, I'm actually start. I got, I got fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you heard our voices kind of slow down this, yeah, this is, if it's yeah. tiring for you, it's so is for us. And it needs so, um, continuing just the end, it's just the end mark of the symbolism is you can also consider this, the two pillars of Freemasonry. So not to be ignored is the tradition of Freemasons in regard to the two pillars, which are prominent emblem, uh, which are a prominent emblem of their craft. They represent the pillars of Jachin and Boaz, which Haram of Tyre made for Solomon and set one on either side of the entrance to the temple to commemorate the pillar of cloud by day and of fire by night, which guided the Israelites in their 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Thus, the Twin Towers not only represented the pillar of Hermes, but also evoked the Freemasons uh, Jachin and Boaz. Beyond what they represented, however, is what the towers became on 9-11, altars, massive sacrificial altars for sacrifice by fire. And that's it, really. Um, let's just expand on that. So, I'll, I'll say this: all around the symbolism, and there's so much more. Like you could spend an eight. You, we could do an eight-hour presentation on this. Yeah. Um, and I mean, remember at the beginning of the episode, chaos magic, right? So, what was caused? What 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 became on that day? Not only say it looking like a successful sacrificial altar and a ritual depending uh if you want to look at the gematria you want to look at the astrology you want to look at the symbolism and all of that but there was chaos there was immense amounts of energy to be harvested and if anything on the next episode i'd like to talk about geomancy and energy harvesting and what that could do and how we're all connected through this nervous system of the earth and how that uh, we could bridge it and finish up in a way or kind of continue a little bit into what 9-11 was, but f- mainly focus on the fact that all of this stuff, it seems, yes, it's a ritual. Yes, there's there's people that know this knowledge and they're, they're, they're performing specific things. We know the narrative, but what is what is it to, for us to, to, to act upon it? And when you get into uh, specific studies of the occult, it's bringing it to awareness that takes away its power, mm. right? 
So I look at these symbols and all of that stuff as, yeah, the narrative is, we could sit here and argue about the narrative all day on who's behind it. Jesuits, Freemasons, uh, Illuminati, the New World Order, and which all of those can absolutely absolutely be valid. <laughs> absolutely. So that's true. But what are they using? How are they doing it? And what can we do about it? And I do believe the only direction is just to go into the work and see what they're doing, see how it all works in itself and understand the nature of ourselves and our reality. Yeah, exactly. Identify identifying that that, you know, one of those principles too, the technical excellence, you know, that's been put into um, you know, this type of ritualistic way of doing things. And we're now learning and seeing firsthand using this example of the mechanisms. And bringing it back down to more personal experiences, whether it was that day or anything that we're going through nowadays or are in our own personal lives and understanding the main point is now when we see the workings of it, how do we transmute that energy? And like you said, bring this awareness to it and to more than just the effect of what occurred and what's happening and to understand now, how are we going to transmute this energy within ourselves? How are we going to, how are we going to shift what's being used against us to, um, you know, what in, in Kung Fu, you know, it's not always about striking back. It's about using the enemy's energy and transmuting it to go against them. If they're punching forward and stuff like that, you're going to move forward and allow their weight to fall with them. That's how we're supposed to be coming into this understanding of this knowledge. And and by going into the deeper understandings, we're practicing our technical excellence through this. We're deconditioning our mind through this, you know, and and you're seeing it in, in, in like real time. Too. Yeah, that's it. And we're and we're coming closer and closer to these divine approaches now in our mechanism and to ultimately come into our own state of gnosis. Beautiful. I think that's perfect place to leave off yeah. um if you've made it this far mm-hmm. good for you yeah we're happy we're happy you stayed um <laughs> and uh you know we're we're also yeah. and just to to even give people a an idea of where we're at so we're working on not only getting better at our presentations our conversations learning how uh, almost studying ourselves and seeing how we could better not only our content but just the fact is, is we know how the world works. We know the speed that we all work at. And do we all have time to sit here for hours on end and study this stuff? Not really, but we hope that you enjoy the uh, uh, lengthier podcasts and you can get a lot from them. And it really, it, it, what we're, we're, we're trying to grasp here is to, to work with other people and, and, and see what we could do by, about making a community and, and also for people to be honest with us and see what, where we can make our improvements so then we could st- you know, start really progressing forward and moving forward um, quicker and together. And I think that's what it's going to take. That's that's the whole joke, right? The whole cosmic joke is, is if you guys don't work together, you ain't getting fucking anywhere. Try to do it yourself. It's going to be all bullshit. You're, you're not going to yeah. get far. You know, you're going to need a family of people. And so if anyone catches on on what we're trying to do and what we're trying to bring, and as we're bettering our content and almost in, in, in our own way, just having that self, uh, that assessment that we're like, oh, how could we do this, this, this better? And, and as we're learning and doing all of this, any advice, any information, all that is absolutely welcome. And we, and, and if we're wrong at times, if we're right at times, if you have epiphanies, if you think we're, we're, we're being contradictory or stupid, be honest and tell us, and we're only going to take that and alchemize it into something better. So there's my piece on that. Mm. 
Yeah, we're definitely going to keep assessing how we're going to break down a lot of the information and the teachings and everything and stuff and the presentations on, you know, in, in all different types of, you know, consumable aspects and different platforms and everything. But, you know, your feedback on that definitely helps us to, you know, kind of figure that out and see the shift of it. And obviously, you know, the momentum, you know, in order in order to 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 gain more of the awareness of of how to go about certain things, there needs to be a specific outreach and a momentum as well. So, you know, we appreciate anything anybody does. We don't ask for donations, nothing and stuff like that. But, you know, it's there in the link as well. But even just a simple like and subscribing definitely helps out in the comments. Definitely. And we would definitely want to hear everything that, you know, comes from your perspective of this information or even how you can better learn and, and digest. All right. So, yep. Like, share, subscribe, comment, do all that fun stuff. More, 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 not only information, but more content coming soon. We're working, we're learning mm-hmm. everything as we go. Um, so we appreciate your time. We appreciate everything that anybody ever does for us because we're still in a way at the beginning stages trying to catch that momentum because we've just kind of rebooted after a long hiatus. So uh, we love you guys. We appreciate it. And until next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 